You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now, let's listen in. All right. Let's uh, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we are, you are just incredible. We, are, we are stand in awe of who you are. Um, Father, we're just we're so blessed. We thank you for uh, just how you watch over us, how you care for us, how you love us. And Father, thank you for uh, or as we were Barton was sharing earlier. We just thank you for this time of year, this season that we can uh, just celebrate uh, your love for us so much that uh, you sent your Son uh, for us, Lord. And we just we want to bless you and thank you for that. And, and uh, so. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence tonight. We ask you to come, just uh, speak your word into our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm actually going to hit a, actually, uh, we're going to at least start from there, a, a passage about Christmas, about Jesus coming. And we're going we're to highlight on the difference in response between Mary, when she has the angel of the Lord coming to her and telling her uh that she's going to be with child. The difference between her response and Zechariah's response when the angel came to him and told him that he and his wife, uh, not just him, that would have been a miracle, but he and his wife <laughs> were, going, were, going, were going to be with child. And so turn, actually turn, I don't have it up there for you to look, so you're actually going to have to open your Bibles, um, I know, or open your phone or whatever electronic device you happen to have. <laughs> To Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're going to read a number of verses here, so get your, get your word out and follow with me. Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 5. In the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abaha. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Now, look at this, verse 6. Both of them were what? Up, upright. What's another version say? Both of them were righteous. Okay? Upright, righteous, in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. What that means is they were old. <laughs> Did you say amen, Rock? Is that, yeah, like Rock? Is that, well, well, that's just wrong. Well along in, in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord." He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go 
on before the Lord and the spirit of the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, that's a pretty powerful word, isn't it? You're getting ready to have a son and this is what he's going to do. Zechariah asked, and here's what I want you to pay attention to. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife, she's old too. I I ad-libbed a little there. Uh, The angel answered, I'm Gabriel. (laughs) In other words, don't mess with me. (laughs) I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he was staying so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After that, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said, and these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, what? I guess they had to learn that in Angel 101. Every time you show up, you have to say, do not be afraid. Apparently, these weren't these cute little meek angels that you see on the shelves. These were, these were pretty big uh, fellas. And uh, they, they, they immediately were fearful. They said to her, do not be afraid. Where, where am I at? I lost my spot. 30. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary says this, how will this be? Yeah, since I am a virgin. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born and he will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And who, and she, who is said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said and then the angel left her you know it's easy to read those two stories and it just took a few minutes uh, and in actual life it took a little longer than that and there were some problems okay and what i want us to pay a little attention to is this zachariah's response was basically this how can this be Okay, he asked, he, he's asked, talking to the angel the angels told him your wife's going to get pregnant zachariah's response was what? How? How how can that happen? And it's basically a response of what? Look what it says in verse 20. He does what? Because you did not believe my words. In other words, Zechariah's response to the angel was what? Unbelief. 
And he asked the question, his question of how and Mary's question of how is two different things. His question is, how? I don't, I don't believe this. And, and, and what I want you to do is for a second, put yourself in his shoes. He's what? He's old. Jesus is coming. He's old. He's old. And, and pay attention. Go back to where I, we read this a second. Where's it at? Verse. Um, oh, boom, boom, boom. Verse six. Both of them were what? Upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. In other words, he was what? He was righteous. He was a man of God. He and his wife were, were men and women of God. They were blameless. They were holy. And they were old without children. Now, if you know the scriptures, if you go back and look at some of the scriptures, it talks about that the children are a what? A blessing of the Lord. Now, here's, here's two people that apparently were godly, righteous, holy people, and they're old and without child. So put yourself in their shoes. They're probably what? Asking some questions. They're probably thinking, what's wrong with us? How, how come we don't have any kids yet? We've been living how? We've been following God. We've been living righteously. We've been living holy. We've been, we've been following the book. We've been doing everything God told us to do. How come we don't have kids? Can you, I mean, am I stretching that? Do you think that's probably some questions they were asking? And then the angel of the Lord shows up and says, you're going to have a kid. And Zacharias' response is, how can that be? We're old. And it's, just, it's basically a statement of unbelief to him. Mary's response is what? How, but what's different? Her response is this. Her how isn't a response of unbelief. Her how is a, is a response of, I believe it's going to happen. How's it going to happen? You see the difference? Her, she's not doubting it's going to happen. She just wants to know, how can this happen? How's it going to happen? I'm a virgin. What's going to happen? And the angel says what? Have you all read this story before? <laughs> Basically, the angel says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, God's going to come on you, and you're going to get pregnant. Now, it's real easy to read that. Imagine, some people think she was probably 15, 16 years old. Imagine, you know, no husband, you know, no sexual relationships, she's a virgin, and, and all of a sudden, an angel shows up and tells her, guess what, you're going to have a baby <laughs> by God, God's baby. Now, put yourself there. Put yourself in her shoes. I mean, what's going to happen to her? I mean, imagine the ridicule she's going to get. She's, 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 uh, she's engaged to get married. The first response is going to be what? People are going to start what? Thinking... There's been some hanky-panky going on. No, and she's going to swear up and down, no, it hasn't happened. It was God. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Has this ever happened before? I mean, just imagine, put yourself as a 16-year-old girl. All of a sudden you're showing a baby's in there. 
and you're telling people it wasn't Joseph, it was God. And yet Mary's like, I love her last statement. Look what she says. Her last statement is what? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. What's she say? May it be done to me as you have said. Is that powerful? I mean, imagine. I mean, what, what, is, what has God said to you lately? What, what is he, what's he called you out to do? What, what word has he given to you? What, what word has he shared with you and said, you know what? I want you to do this. Here's, here's the step. Steve, Steve hears from the Lord, even reluctantly. He wanted to nap. <laughs> but he still hears God of praying and, and talking to this guy and then getting a chance to go. That's, that's, that's hearing the word of the Lord. What's, what's the Lord said to you? Has he spoken to you about doing something? I love this response. God... Let it come. Let it happen. What, whatever you said, Lord, what, be it unto me as you have said. However you, God, whatever you want me to do, just do it. <laughs> now, that's a big statement for her. That's, I mean, probably that's not going to happen to any of y'all or of me. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but let it, Lord, let it, let it, I mean, just see the face. See her response, how she steps out. See how she's, she's just, yeah. Yeah, Lord, let it, let it come. And Zachariah's response is just the opposite. It's like, I don't see how this can happen. I, I, even though I've been living right, I, I, don't, I don't see how this can happen. His is unbelief, hers is belief. His is doubt, hers is faith. And, and here's, here's what I want us to kind of pinpoint. How, many, how often when God speaks to us about something, or something else maybe is going in our life. I mean, put yourself again back in Zachariah's shoes. They're old. They've been walking with God. They've got to be wondering, God, why don't we have kids yet? Why, why hasn't this happened yet? Has, have we done something wrong? God, why aren't you blessing us? God, the Word says that, that children are a blessing in the Lord, and we've been following you. We've been walking after you. We've been walking righteous and holy. God, I'm, do you think maybe they had some questions like that? Have you ever had any yourself? How come, how come God, this isn't happening? Why, why Lord, I've been, I've been following you. I've been faithful to you. I've been, I've been reading my Bible. I've been, I've been praying. I've been going to church. I've been, I've been tithing. I've been giving. God, why, why isn't this happening? Any of y'all ever ask those questions? If you're not shaking your head, you're probably lying. <laughs> Yeah, we all do. It's like, Lord, why? Why isn't why isn't this going on? And 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 help me help me understand. In fact, I can I've had these conversations with God. God, if you just help me understand why this is going on, I'll be okay. I'll keep following you. Any rest of y'all ever been there? I, I can remember a time in our life when it was. I mean, it just was not going good. I mean, it seemed like everything we did was going backwards. I mean, we were just, we had lost everything we owned. This was, this was two times back this happened. <laughs> we, I mean, literally, we were, you know, it just wasn't good. I was still, I was working my butt off trying to earn money. It wasn't happening. I was tithing. I was giving regularly. I was walking with the Lord. And it's like, God, what is the problem here? Don't, 
I mean, I'd remind God of what he said. Didn't you say, if I give, you'll give back? Didn't you say, if I do this, you'll do that? I don't, and, and my question was, God, I don't see it happening. What, what's wrong here? What's happening? Help me understand, Lord. That was, literally, that was my verbiage. God, just, just help me. If you'll help me understand, then I can, I can go through this. Just give me some understanding. Help me figure this out. What's, what's going wrong? <laughs> how can this be happening? How can, I be, how can I be obeying you? How can I be following you and, and this happen? Can you think of some places in Scripture where, where other people experience some of that? <laughs> They walked with the Lord, and yet things still didn't just go real good. They were following Jesus. How about, how about the son of the guy we were just reading about? How about John the Baptist? <laughs> how did it work for him? <laughs> he was 30. He was holy, a righteous man following Jesus. I mean, there's many, there's just a lot of illustrations in Scripture. And we can, you know, we can keep, we can keep demanding, you know, our need to understand. We can, we can want to know why. I mean, I just, I think of all these, I mean, they're, they're, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all remember them? They were what? Holy, righteous. They were following Jesus. They were, they were standing for God. And, and Nebuchadnezzar comes along and he makes this decree that when, when the sound, this sound goes off, everybody's got to stop and bow and worship me. And, and what, is, what do they do? They don't follow the law. They stand for God instead. They stand holy. They stand pure. They stand righteous. And then what's the result of that? By them, by them taking a stand for God, you'd think God would just be happy about that and bless them, right? Instead, they get thrown in a fiery furnace that's heated up, I don't know how many times, who remembers how many times? Seven times? That's always a good number, seven times. It was, <laughs> in other words, it was hot. And they threw them in there. The people that threw them in there actually what? They died the fire was so hot. They get thrown in, and Nebuchadnezzar, he looks in there, and he sees somebody else in there with them. <laughs> I mean, that's just a cool story. Jesus is in there with them. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, that, you know the whole story, and they come out. But one of the things they said was this to Nebuchadnezzar about this. They said, you know what, Neb, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. You know, you can throw us in this fire, and we might die. But you know what? God's able to save us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to you. We're going to follow God. We're going to keep walking righteous. We're going to follow him. You know what? <laughs> even, if, even if they got cooked, what happens to them? They spend eternity with God. So they, they I, mean, I mean, do you think, now see, if you read that story, here, here's a story, I just told it to you, but you would think maybe in their hearts they might have questioned God a little bit. 
Again, I'm following you, God. I'm obeying your rules. I'm even following your dietary rules. I'm doing all this, and I'm going to get thrown in a fire. Really? But they didn't. They at least walked in faith. I would probably have been questioning. Right? I mean, I'd have probably said, really, God? I mean, can you? I can think of other ways I'd rather die. You know, I mean, if you want me to just come on to heaven, just let me, you know, go to sleep one night and not wake up. That's the best way. But be thrown in some fire. I mean, you can just imagine the questions. And again, it's this whole thing of, of tr- tr- God, help me understand. I want to read, I'm going to read a quote to you. I think I've got it. If you'll put it up there. I'm not following that in case you're wondering. Um, keep flipping until you get to a quote where it starts when it comes to crisis. Keep going. There we go. When it comes to a crisis, John Eldridge wrote this, and I just think it's so powerful. I want to read it to you. When it comes to crisis or events that really upset us, any of you had any of them? When it comes to crisis or events that really upset us, this I've learned. You can have God or you can have understanding. Sometimes you can have both. Sometimes. But if you insist on understanding, it often doesn't come, and that can create a distance between you and God. Because you're upset and demanding an explanation in order to move on, but the explanation isn't coming. And if you, and, and so you withdraw a bit from God and lose the grace that God is giving. He doesn't explain everything, but he always offers himself. You know what? God doesn't have to give us an explanation. <laughs> When, when that issue and that trial and that test, when that problem, you've lost a job, someone's sick, you're sick, someone's sick in your family, something's going on financially in your life, your cars break down, everything you do, you keep seeing. That's what was happening to me. I kept giving and I kept going backwards. I can remember literally sitting in church and somebody give a testimony about tithing and it almost made me sick. It's like it ain't happening for me. I can remember that. I, I literally, I I can have, remember having this conversation with God. God, why you, why is it, why is it working for them and not me? Why are you blessing them? You love them more. Any of y'all ever been there? Why? 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 And you know what? God, does, nowhere does it say in here. God has to give you an answer for the why. <laughs> you know what He does say He'll do. He'll be with you. That's his promise. He'll be with you. I just reread the book, The Shack. Any of y'all read that? You're reading it right now. You know, the movie's coming out. And I always go back and reread the book before the movie comes out. So that's why I reread it. What, a, what an incredible story. But it's just the story of this guy that, that, that's lost his daughter and, and she's died. And he's just, he's angry at God. He's pissed off. He's mad. And he's, 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 he's demanding an answer. God, why? If you, if you really loved her, God, this wouldn't have happened. If you really loved me, this wouldn't have happened. And the only, the only you know what God promises? <laughs> I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Jesus showed up in the middle of the fire. Didn't he? 
He, he didn't rescue them from it. He showed up in the middle of it. He, he promises that. He promises, I, I will never leave you or forsake you. In the middle of the test, in the middle when all hell's breaking loose, in the middle of the in the middle of the fire, in the middle of when things aren't going like you think they ought to be going, God says, I won't ever leave you. I'll always be with you. I'll always be there. That's my promise to you. I'll always be there. Turn to 2 Corinthians. I want to read this verse to you. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. Paul makes this statement. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Look what he says. This is Paul. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. That doesn't sound like a real positive confession, does it? Oh, anyway. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are, here, here's what I want you to look at. We are, what? Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I want to pay attention. Per, I love that. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Any of you ever been perplexed? <laughs> That's that's what that's what this has been that's what I've been talking about. That's perplexed. God, I don't understand. I'm 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 questioning this. I'm I'm God and now you got verbiage. You can just you can just say to God, God, I'm I'm perplexed. <laughs> I'm perplexed. But I'm not in despair. Isn't that just isn't that just awesome? Look at this. Here, here's what perplexed means. Perplexed and is, is from the Greek word apareo, and it means to, look what it says, it means to lose one's way. It's a picture of someone who is so confused he can't figure out where he is, what he's doing, or what's happening around him. This person is completely bewildered by surrounding events. Hello? I have, God, I just do not get this. I don't understand this. I don't understand why this is happening. I'm perplexed. <laughs> Despair is from the same root word, okay, from the same root word, and it literally means this. It means to be utterly without way. Without resource and despair. It's an intense form of the word perplexed. So you've gone from being perplexed to just be totally, just totally out of it over here. God, not only do I not understand, but I don't see how there's any possible way this is ever going to happen. God, I'm not even sure if I like you at this point in time. I am totally in despair. And that's where we don't need to get. It's, in other words, it's okay to be perplexed. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to say to God, God, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. But you know what, God? I'm going to keep walking with you. I'm going to keep pushing through. Lord, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not demanding my right to understand, God. I really would like to understand. I'm perplexed about it. But I, you know what, Lord? It doesn't matter. I'm not giving up. I'm moving forward. I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to take another step. You understand sometimes that's all you got? Sometimes that's literally all you got. It's the next step. 
It's, it's the next day. It's the next step. It's getting up. And it's moving forward. I'm perplexed. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. He says this, Therefore, do not lose heart. Now, why would, why would Paul say don't lose heart? Because it's possible to what? You with me? If it wasn't possible, he probably wouldn't tell us don't do it. Don't lose heart. Though outwardly, listen to this, look what he says. Outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I love this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. How? What do we do? We fix our eyes not on what is seen with these eyes, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is what? Temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. What can you see? You can see with these eyes what? You can see sickness. You can see disease. You can see financial problems. You can see loss of jobs. You can see loss of friends. You can see all, you can see a bunch of stuff. But guess what? Those things are temporary. It's the unseen that's eternal. So we fix our eyes on them instead of what is seen. I, I, but I just, I love what he says about don't lose heart. These momentary and light afflictions. Now I want to just read this to you and then we're going to wind this down. 2 Corinthians 11. Here's, here's a list of Paul's momentary and light afflictions. You see, you probably won't see his AC breaking down on the list. Probably won't see his car breaking down on the list. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. <laughs> I am more. I have worked much harder. Look what he says. Been in prison more frequently. When's the last time you had to go to jail because you stood for Jesus? Been in prison more frequently. Been flogged more severely. Been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Five times. Are you with me? Five times. I don't know about you, but once would have been bad enough. I might have started questioning God after the first one. I know after the second one I've been going, hey, God, I thought we had something going on here. I thought you were my protector. I thought when I started following you, things were supposed to start getting good. I thought everything was going to be turn out great. That's what they told me. If I had just prayed this prayer, everything would be wonderful after that. Five times I've been beaten because of this. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. <laughs> now, if I'm a friend of Paul, I'm probably not going to get on a ship with him after the second time. <laughs> Three times I've been shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. 
I have been in danger, listen to this, from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. He lived <laughs> in danger. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And then I love this. Besides all of that, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And you know, he calls that, you know, you know what did I just read he called that? Momentary. <laughs> And light afflictions. I don't know about you. If I went through that, I probably wouldn't be thinking those are momentary and light. I'd be writing books about it. I'd be I'd be getting all the all the you know the the sympathy I could get. I'd literally I'd have trophies around the room. You know, Bob was beaten for his faith in Jesus, <laughs> and he's he's. Are you with me? I mean, he calls that momentary and light afflictions. What do we what do we go through? And we want to we want to get upset and angry at God and question him and, and, and Paul's like, guys. I don't remember who made this statement, so I can't give it credit, give him or her credit, so I'll take credit. I find myself wanting two things. Listen to this. <laughs> that are mutually opposed to each other. I want to live a nice little life, and I want to play an important role in God's kingdom. Is that powerful? (laughs) Don't raise your hand. How many of you want to just live a nice little life? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I mean seriously. I when you know, I've I've had I've had those conversations with God. I said, God, why can't I just move to the country? Be out there with just me, my wife, and the deer. <laughs> Nearest neighbor maybe, you know, fifteen, twenty miles away. Horses, four wheelers. You know, fun stuff, streams to fish in. I got to just, you know, just a nice little quiet life. <laughs> I mean, wasn't there, wasn't there kind of some degree of that? I know back in the 70s when I got saved, I was only three years old at the time, but back in the 70s when I got saved, that was that was kind of almost implied. If you give your life to Jesus, everything's going to be good and wonderful and grand. And, you know, your kids will never misbehave, and you'll never have to worry about you know having money because that's going. You know, you'll always have plenty of that, and that's kind of the way it was presented. I don't. I just, I just want a nice little life, God. Quiet, peaceful. At the same time, though, I want to be a man of God, a man of faith, a man of power. 
you know, miracles and healings and deliverances and, and have an important role in the kingdom of God. And, 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 and people recognize you and know, you know, man, if you need some prayer, go to that guy. I, I, I want to be a giant. I want to be a general in the kingdom. At the same time, <laughs> I want to live a nice, peaceful, quiet little life. Do you understand they don't go together? When you, when you walk with Jesus and you become a, a man or a woman of God and you, and you walk in faithfulness and you walk in, in righteousness and you're doing the things of God and you're seeing the kingdom come and the Holy Spirit showing up and stuff is happening and people around you are getting impacted for the kingdom, guess what? What comes with that are trials and tests, light momentary afflictions, don't you want to sign up absolutely it's worth it have you ever noticed in the scripture that the men and women of God kind of pretty much a lot of them had tough times you see when, when God calls us out, maybe an angel comes and speaks to you, maybe he doesn't, but the Holy Spirit speaks to you and he calls you out and he gives you a word and he gives you a, a future and he gives you a destiny and he gives you a plan and he says, I want you to do that. This is where I want you to go. This is, this is who I want you to be. When that comes, how are you going to respond? <laughs> like Zechariah? Or like Mary, let it come, Lord. Whatever you, whatever you say, God. I'm whatever you say. I, I'm just the answer. To God's always going to be yes. <laughs> you say do it. It's going to be yes. Isn't that how you want to walk? Isn't that how you want to live? Not questioning God. Really? How come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing that? How come this isn't happening? But just saying, you know what, Jesus, I'm, I'm in. I signed up for this thing. I'm in. I'm going after it. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm going after it. It doesn't matter if I get shipwrecked three times. <laughs> if I get beaten five times. Don't you want to? Don't. Isn't that where you want to be? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, isn't that, isn't that what in your heart? Isn't that, and you know what? And here, here's what's cool. This is my theology. I don't think it's in the Bible. I think God just loves that. <laughs> I, think he, I think it just blesses him when we just say, you know what, Dad? I'm, I'm willing. Whatever it is, come on. I want to do it. I want to follow you. I want to walk with you. I want to I I just... I want to I want to plug in dad what you're doing. I want to follow you. I don't care what's happening. I don't care what I come up against. I'm I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to serve you with everything in me. I'm in this thing. I think I think that just pleases God. And you know what? When you when you mess up, <laughs> when something comes along and you and you just screw up and you don't maybe you don't quite do it the way you thought you wanted to or should. You know what? That doesn't impact God at all. 
he just keeps right on loving. He he just says, you know what? Dust it off, Bob, and shake it off. And that way we tell our kids, shake it off and keep going. Get up again. Get up again. I think I think it says somewhere it says in the Bible that the righteous get what? They knock down, they get up what? I remember reading that. Y'all looking at me with blank scares. <laughs> Yes, and it doesn't necessarily literally mean seven. It's one of them sevens, you know, like seven times seventy sevens. You just get up. You just keep moving. You just keep. You just keep coming. You just keep saying, "God, I'm coming. I'm coming after you. I'm going after you. I'm doing this thing," and you just keep moving forward. Amen. I want my responses to be like Mary. Josh, why don't you come on back up, buddy? I want, to, I want to respond like Mary. I want to just say, whatever it is, Lord, just do it. Whatever you just said, do it. Let it happen. Let it come. Bring it on. Don't you? Let's stand up, guys. Let's, uh, we're going to go back into uh, just a, some time here of worship, and then we're going to see what the Lord wants to do ministry time. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.